Hello, hot sauce lovers, chili heads, and people. This is Brian from crafthotsauce.com, and today we got Tom Tote from Voodoo Chili Sauces. His sauces are special and unique, and I was pumped to finally talk to him. I've done quite a few experimental hot sauces over my years, from a green-friendly hot sauce to a dry hop beer sauce to crazy ferments, but Tom from Voodoo Chili Sauces is a collaboration king. His world-renowned bacon sauce to his craft beer sauces, he's certainly differentiated but really strives for perfection with them all. Uh, really enjoy speaking with him, and as you know, I love to kind of share music uh, with each episode, and, and he's a, as you can hear from Voodoo Chili Sauces, music is certainly inspiration for, for Tom. Uh, so we got some music from Chris Timbers. His song, Evanescent, is going to be taking us into the podcast. The whole song will be at the end. Hope you all enjoy this. Let's go. man thanks for having me on yeah it's uh it's this is the week uh, after christmas i think this is going to come out uh, at the very beginning of, of february but sounds like you've been a busy guy oh my god yeah between that and the stupid uh uh sinus infection upper respiratory infection it's uh <sighs> it's made the business even seem uh a little bit busier and crazier man bummer well uh, i i uh i appreciate you taking the time and I know a lot about you and, and uh, Voodoo Chili. Actually, I, w- I wouldn't say I know a lot about you, uh, but I know a lot about Voodoo Chili Sauces because I started the CraftHotSauce.com in 2014, and, and you were the one one of the first folks to, to do a Craft Hot Sauce profile. And I know you have a really focus, a, a big focus on, on bringing unique sauces out there, especially with some of the, the bacon and beer sauces you've done. And, and it seems like everything that you're doing, you try to be bold and and I really feel like that there is a kind of strong brand with, with, with voodoo chili sauces. Um, but I was wondering if you could kind of take me back how you got started and, and maybe what your vision was when you were starting it. Sure. Sure. And hey, man, thanks a lot for the uh, kind words. And I, 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 I remember distinctly uh, when uh, you, you were kicking around this whole idea of craft hot sauce and our uh, back and forth, the uh, private messages and emails. And you know, I'm really glad to see that this has been taken off, but, yeah, to get to uh, answering your question there, uh, the, and it was funny. It wasn't that many years ago that there's quite a few of my friends here in town, uh, here in town, Fleesburg, Virginia. Uh, they, 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 they will chuckle remembering distinctly me saying, uh, you will never, ever see me selling hot sauce for a living. You know, <laughs> there, never, there never really was an actual uh, vision or a goal. It was just a hobby, something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, and a buddy of mine bought me a, a thing called bacon hot sauce, this bottle. And, you know, I did just, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way flavor wise. I, I apologize. This uh, sinus infection probably has me sounding kind of choked up or funny sounded, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, yeah, so it just, it wasn't, you know, I went online and uh, saw a couple of the big names out there. Uh, we're going, yeah, it's just not possible. And it wasn't like, it wasn't even a challenge accepted. It was more of a, why is this so hard? 
And, you know, early on, uh, you know, looking at it, the bacon fat thing really is not convincing. Uh, it just doesn't carry through. And to do so, you have to have a really large amount of bacon in there to really have it be something that's really bold and in your face. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it took about a year and a half going on two years for uh, one of my sons and I just had an aha moment, got something that we weren't embarrassed to show around. And one thing led to another and uh, it became a company. And it's it's funny that, uh, you know, when I first was looking into kicking this thing off, I went up uh, by invitation up to K-John's place up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, as a guest for their big uh, weekend fiery food thing they used to do up there. And I was instantly impressed and uh, at the same time intimidated by the quality of sauce makers that are, that are out there right now, most of whom I'd never heard of because I really didn't get that much involved with online shopping, online buying, you know, the chat rooms and the uh, now Facebook groups have really kind of taken, taken over for what chat rooms and bulletin boards used to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, high river sauces and, uh, you know, K. John's line of products, especially his, you know, more medium uh, heat stuff just totally blew me away. Wow. Uh, Chuck Evans, Montezuma brand. I'd known about him since, God, probably going back to the late 90s, got to meet him that weekend. And I mean, it was really cool, but it was really intimidating. And I shelved a lot of products at that point going, you know, if I'm going to move forward, the hell with a mango habanero. I mean, everybody and their mother has one to begin with. And Shit, last weekend, I just tasted the two best honey habaneros for my palate, uh, you know, on the planet, one of which was uh, Heartbreaking Dawns. Oh, so yeah. it was like, okay, just yeah, scrapping awesome. everything, and I'm either going to do something that's not been done right before, or going to try and do things that have either not been done or not necessarily done in a certain way that, that I feel like works. And yeah. again, it you know, kicked it off as, you know, I had a great day job. Uh, I was treating treating this totally as a side business slash, uh, you know, a serious hobby. And, yeah. uh, so it's like, you know, why, why get wrapped up and just making all sorts of different flavors for the sake of saying we have different flavors. So the bacon thing, I felt like that's one where we did it right. We were definitely the first non novelty, uh, bacon sauce out there. The, the one that existed prior to Horcus was truly just a novelty sauce. You know, not trying to, not trying to put it down. I understand the, guy that put it out there in the market just an absolute uh salt of the earth really cool guy uh look i've not met him yet unfortunately but nonetheless yeah. you know porks is the first you know more the gourmet uh you know something really meant to be used not just for the sake of having the word bacon on there going oh my god and uh you know the craft beer thing we were definitely not the first i mean there's a lot of different products you know beer's been used in cooking for yeah probably longer than mankind's been putting stuff down to pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely would love to get into to the beer sauces, but before, for that, like, I'm curious what stemmed the, the initial interest in, in the bacon sauce. I mean, yeah, I love bacon. I've always been a bacon geek. Uh, when it became just uh, a cultural meme and just kind of a total trendy type thing, I didn't, I didn't scoff at it all. I'm like, shit, bacon, it, it deserves, well, the same thing with the, the hoi fong sriracha. I was like, hey, you know, these are things that deserve this kind of, uh, you know, love and adulation. But to specifically answer your question, it was really, I, at first I was just kind of offended, not offended, but it's like, come on, man, the, the, the world, there's got to be a better bacon hot sauce out there. So once the internet was hunting it down, found nothing and seeing the comments that, you know, a lot of us have tried it and it's just not possible. 
uh, you know, like I, I may have breathed through a second ago, it, it wasn't a challenge accepted. It was a, it was just a genuine uh, curiosity as to why is it so difficult? Yeah. And, uh, and, it, it, and, and for a lot of reasons, I mean, getting the bacon to really carry through in a convincing way is tough. And to do it in a way that you don't have to get the USDA and the FDA red tape involved. Right. You're only allowed to use, I think it's like 2% of cooked bacon product in your product. Uh, otherwise, it, I think 3% is the cutoff line. Uh, at that point and above, you also have to deal with not just the FDA, but also the USDA because, you know, the, uh, you know, meats and dairy products, you know, it falls under that category. And then it gets really crazy to have the word bacon advertised on the front of the label. Yeah. It needs to be a certain percentage. I think I want to say it's like 30% bacon. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, there's just all sorts of really weird oops there. Exactly. Yeah. Right when we got on the phone here, I mean, we were just like, you were kind of just saying that the craziness and busyness of of a small business owner. And I'm, why, why do you do it? It it seems like the the curiosity piece and just exploring and and being creative is something that I'm picking up on. But I'm curious what your kind of cause is with Voodoo. Yeah, why did I why did I leave a nice fat six digit uh, uh, career? Yeah, why are we all? <laughs> uh, all crazy because I am. I'm passionate. Uh, you know, I'm just like that little kid that falls in love with a new hobby and just jumps down the rabbit hole and reads about it, everything that they can find, thinks about it all the time. Uh, I'm just like that with my hobbies, and this one. To put a little bit more of a serious note to it, uh, a guy that just used to nudge me, he and I'd get together for a beer or two at a minimum once a week, usually two, sometimes even three days a week, we'd get together after work. And uh, Don Fergus was his name. And Don just kept nudging me going, Tom, man, you've got a really cool product here, uh, some really cool sauces. You really ought to do something with this. And I, you know, he was one of the guys I was saying earlier, it's like, dude, you will never see me selling hot sauce for a living. Because you don't have to. Just yeah. take it seriously. Do something with it, man. I think you got some really cool products here. Well, he went and passed away uh, shoveling snow. We had a freak uh, or just a weird out of nowhere oh, snowstorm wow. on St. Paddy's Day back about five, six years ago. Six oh, years wow. ago. Sorry about that. And, uh, yeah, triggered off a heart attack. He had really a bummer. Feel, feel horrible for his widow. Uh, Kathleen's an absolute sweetheart and, uh, you know, a good friend of mine. And she had asked me to be part of the eulogy there a week or so after he passed. And so while I was prepping for that, you know, something my granddad told me when I was a really young adult, uh, when I was really struggling with this whole, you know, you don't really get used to people dying, but you know, when they first start happening in your life, you get more bummed out than you do the older you get. And my granddad was like, you know, it's, you you know, we're all supposed to mourn, but you know, the coolest thing that you can do uh, to honor somebody that you really loved and respected is to take, one piece of advice they kept trying to give you and do something with it. And that's kind of a way of keeping them alive, at least in your heart. And I got to thinking about that during the eulogy and the day of Donnie's funeral, I committed. It's like, you know what? I'm not sure how or where this is going to go, but by golly, I'm, I'm going to take the bull by the horns here and run with this and just see where it takes me. And uh, about a year, year and a half later, uh, got forced to make a decision on, was I going to be pursuing my career uh, because I was very distracted from it? You know, the boss man, my dad, pulled me aside and was like, hey, which, where, where, what are you doing here? It's like, it seems like you're doing 
more hours of voodoo chili related stuff every day than you are, you know, here at the firm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And there was a deal on the table from one of the huge uh, restaurant, uh, they're like a big umbrella company. They own a lot of different restaurants here throughout the U S and I was under the understanding that they were going to be contracting me for like 4,400 gallons of sauce a month, porcus and our, uh, that pepper, the mild pepidou sauce uh, that we started doing back in 2015. Damn, that was- and so I was like, you know, I did the math on that. Oh yeah, dude, 4,400 gallons a month. That is a lot of hot sauce. And I, I did the math and I'm like, wow, just that alone, I'll be making more than I make now. And so I got together with the old man the next day. I was like, you know what? Uh, give me until October 1st and I will be out of your hair. So <laughs> I go train the two guys that were taking, uh, taking my position, taking over my duties. Uh, about two, three weeks for my final day at the firm, uh, I get uh, noticed that that project was being put on ice indefinitely. Ooh. I'd already trained. Yeah, so I went out here with zero income, uh, zero traction, no commercial accounts, no nothing, dude. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and, but so, you, you committed. Was, you, you still went for it. And, and, and when was that? Uh, that was back in 2016. So this is, I'm, I just got done with my second year of running this full time. And I got to tell you, it is a hard way to pay the bills, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm working really hard with uh, several different large chain, uh, type grocers to get porcus and maybe one or two other products out there. Uh, much like what Burns and McCoy and Bravado, uh, yep. are enjoying an experience and, and Scotty Ohati as well. Uh, he's doing really, uh, really good out there in the Midwest and West. And, uh, so I've got a sales lady, uh, that I brought on as a kind of a business development partner, uh, last year and, uh, she's based out of Florida. So she's got us working there. That'll help. Otherwise this lifestyle, uh, you are a weekend gypsy, uh, going to all these different beer festivals and wine festivals and setting up a tent and doing that weekend after weekend after weekend, man. Yeah. Well, I, I think like with, bravado burns mccoy i mean they've been on the podcast and 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 i think one thing that they all do which i think you do as well is that like they knowing once you have their sauce i mean it, it it's amazing but they, they also stand for something and have kind of a strong brand and, and have a lot more meaning behind that and i think like what you're doing with standing out with unique types of, of sauces and, and one i really want to learn about kind of your experimenting with uh beer hot sauces and uh and one of the website i i didn't even i heard of the uh was it the flying flying pearl flying dog yeah, flying flying, dog. Uh, yeah I, the uh, pearl yeah and, and i heard right. about that collaboration but i didn't know that there was a lot of other uh, birds, including the one in my, my backyard with uh sam adams so when yeah, did you start experimenting with with beer sauces uh, that would have been back in uh, late 2015, a local brewery uh, called Adroit Theory, uh, probably one of the most radical experimental breweries here in our country, at least, possibly on the planet. Uh, and they're right, got 10 minutes down the road for me, uh, from me. And, you know, I was hanging out there a bit and uh, they had a growler of a beer that went flat. And I was just sitting in the kitchen. I was like, you know, I never really took a like because there was already uh, craft beer hot sauce out there, but it was very vinegar forward. The beer was kind of hidden in the background of bed. And, you know, just, you know, I'm, I'm not a really big vinegar. I mean, I like vinegar, but everybody else has been doing that for 150 years now or more. 
there's some great pepper sauces out there. So I never really wanted to do that, but it was like, damn, why, you know, what's up? So I just made a quick little, maybe quart and a half, two quart, a uh, little test batch there in my home, you know, my kitchen at the house and used that uh, beer that had gone flat. It was a really big, thick, rich Imperial stout. Okay. And I mean, it turned out really good. And there was a uh, kind of like a little private party at the brewery the following weekend. And Mark Osborne came over the owner and, he and I got to chit chat and I'm like, Oh, Mark, by the way, I wanted you to try something that I was goofing around with. And he's a big hot sauce uh, fan nice. himself. He took a taste of that. Uh, fell in love with it and said, man, what do you think about doing some collaborations? I'm like, I'd love it. You know, I've been working with Pepidou the last couple of years. You know, they approached us when I first started the firm and long story. And I'm still a little bit in the dark as to how they came to me. But anyhow, I was like, yeah, I'm working with Pepidou. I'd love to work with you. And then it wasn't but two months later at the uh, Jim Cook from Sam Adams uh, came across one of my uh, reps out in Chicago. And they oh, were wow. like side by side at booths. He was there actually representing Sam Adams himself. Wow. And he was there next to my buddy, Greg Kinsler. And he's like, oh, dude, I'm familiar with their uh, bacon sauce. And you know, Greg's like, come on over. Let me check, you know, let, let me uh, walk you through, you know, the rest of our lineup here. And he goes through the whole line, gets the very last bottle on the table. And it was uh, a sauce from Adroit Theory. And from what Greg was telling me, he picked up the bottle. He's like, Adroit Theory, I love those guys. What are you doing with them? And it's like, oh, we use their beer, you know, do a, a official you know, co-branded type collaboration using their beer as the number one ingredient. And he's like, man, do you think uh, your guy down in Virginia would, would be interested in working with, uh, with us? And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Tom would not uh, uh, curl his nose at that <laughs> idea whatsoever. So yeah. one thing led to another. So Boston beer was uh, our second, uh, you know, brand that came on, started working with us. No uh, we've worked with Crooked Run, Old Ox, and then Flying Dog was probably about another three, four months. I mean, it all happened in less than six months, all five of these breweries. Wow. And it, uh, was just up at Flying Dog because they're based right up the road from me. Yeah. And uh, about a half hour north. And got to meet uh, the CEO, Jim Caruso, got to chit-chatting. And he got excited and said, hey, you. And he introduced me to his chief of operations and his brewmaster. And he's like, hey, the three of you guys carve out something in your schedule next week. We're doing something together. And man, you can ask uh, my, my 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 right hand man Willie. I really that that has geeked me out more than anything else since I started this company. Because awesome. I've been a huge fan of Flying Dog for got over twenty years now. Yeah, I, so I think that was that was, that was really something cool. Yeah, I, I love uh, kind of as a small business owner, you get to collab like those, especially with those collaborations. You're, you're so uh, tight knit and, and working closely with uh, the different folks on the on different teams, but. Uh, it's it's cool and definitely exciting to to kind of have that tight collaboration um, with the with the beer sauces. Are, are those do those really range? Because I know I think you mentioned the the pearl sauce is more is a darker sauce, and I don't know if you use kind of a stout beer. But how do you approach mm -hmm. using like thinking about the sauces and the peppers and and if it's hoppy or a stout or how do you approach that? Uh, initially, you know, like I'd mentioned with the droid theory, uh, with them, it was always either stouts or porters, uh, which for me is, uh, an experimental cook. I refuse, I'm, I'm not uh, professionally trained, so I refuse to be referred to as a chef, but I've been very passionate and exploratory in the kitchen since I was a teenager and I'm in my mid fifties now. So it's been 40 years of just loving cooking. And yeah. my uncle, who was a really well-known chef there in Denver back in the seventies, uh, he really helped ignite that spark. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice he gave me was 
He goes, the hell with following recipes. Just take a general idea of a recipe and overdo everything and find out what too much of each ingredient, because then you'll know exactly how to use an ingredient. You know, you take saffron, put a little too much in there, you've ruined the dish, but it is deeply impacted in your soul, you know, how much or how little of an ingredient. I did the same thing with cumin. I mean, everything I've ever come across, I've overused it more than once. And so it's given me a sense of balance. I feel like I've really gotten familiar with the flavors. But to get more back to your question, porters and stouts really worked well with, you know, the way that my palate operates. It was just, it was a really easy, natural evolution. And then when Flying Dog came into the picture, uh, our first collaboration with them was with a, with an IPA, you know, an India Pale Ale. Yeah. And I was really intimidated because that is a big, hoppy, you know, very hop-forward, bitter kind of a beer. And that one intimidated me, man. I mean, I went through probably seven or eight different prototypes before I even felt comfortable taking them uh, a sample to say, hey, what do you think? And that was the uh, Fever Dream was our first collaboration with Flying Dog. And so we've done, I think, three different IPA-based uh, hot sauces with them. Uh, Pearl Necklace is our most recent collaboration uh, that we did back in May. And that uses uh, their Chesapeake Stout. Uh, and, the, the, and not that the Chesapeake Stout is actually a style per se. I mean, it is to them. But they actually use Chesapeake Bay oysters, just a small handful of them in a large kettle. The whole oyster shell and all goes into the wort when they're boiling up the beer. Yeah. So you don't, there's really no, there's no flavor of oyster. There's nothing seafoody at or salty whatsoever, but it, it does give the stout a very silky, smooth, uh, glistening feel uh, when you take a sip of it. I mean, like I said, there's no flavor of oyster in there, but it just lends itself to some on your palate. It's, it's like that whole umami thing that natural MSG can do. It's just that whole, Oh my God, what is that? That is awesome, man. So that was a fun, and I think that's probably the most balanced craft beer sauce we've ever done. I mean, there's not too much bacon, not too much beer. Uh, The hops is way in the background, so it's it's not bitter. It's not sweet. Uh, I mean, it's just a really good, fun, savory sauce. I mean, it's right right now, it's my favorite out of the entire lineup. Awesome. Yeah, I I, got to try that. And I, uh, there was one summer, oh man, it was the best one. I was, uh, I was in between. So I I have a day job and I was in between jobs for two months and it was kind of the prime of uh, our chili peppers that I was growing were coming in. And my friend is a, it's a brewer at Lord Hobo uh, brewing in in, the Boston area. And so I was doing a lot. I, I did four batches of um, IPA sauces and I was uh, kind of made my own wort and was dry hopping the hops. And I, I one of the cool. flavors that I, I got is like, you just got a hint. You, you could barely even tell that there was any kind of uh, beer taste and it just a little hint of hops. And then I kind mm-hmm. of did what you suggested going way overboard. And that was like the most, the IB, like if it, the hot sauce had an IBU rate and it'd probably be like 90 something. It was the hot. That tastes horrible. But then like a couple of my friends were like, I love this. Um, But it was so weird just because it was such a divided sauce because I was like, I really don't like this, but other people do. Um, But that's the fun thing that just like, you can go creative and and it's, you're going into all these different areas that have never been done before. And uh, I mean, I, I can see you go down, down a rabbit hole just because, there's no rules. I mean, there are rules, but uh, create let the creativity run for sure. 
Well, and it's in this relatively uncharted territory. I mean, you know, when I started off with Sam Adams and Flying Dog and Adroit, uh, there really wasn't any competition per se. I mean, uh, oh, what's your name down in San Diego area? Stone Brewing. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had a local co-packer put together uh, a couple of sauces using uh, Arrogant Bastard and Double Bastard, which are two of their, you know, flagship products that almost, you know, every beer geek knows about. And that did, that did really well for them. But that was, you know, one of the few things were out there. And then uh, the guys from Bliss came up with Bliss Blast, which was uh, using a beer from uh, Founders Brewing and uh, did a little barrel aged thing on that. And again, it was in a very vinegar forward, which, again, you know, that's not quite my thing. But I mean, it was a, one of the first beer sauces outside of our own that I tasted. It was like, man, this is cool. I, I can easily see myself buying a bottle of this every year or two. And, uh, and then now it looks like it's, uh, you know, kind of like the bacon thing. It's really picked up. I mean, I'm by far not the only bacon guy out there. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot of us out there that are, that are, I think doing it right. But, um, you know, there's, there, there's, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Aaron, uh, Mulka from, uh, Jack Jekyll. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, to, de Fuego, de, de Fuego yep. I think is what it's called. Uh, that's fun, more of a ham uh, type thing, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to roll my nose at because you know, it's definitely what's omnipresent in the pork is, is that ham, bacon, you know, the ham, bacon, just an overall pork kind of a, a flavor going on there. And, you know, Scotty O'Hotty's got his beer, bacon chipotle, which is definitely a very tasty sauce. I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely more out there. So, you know, yeah. hopefully one day there'll be somewhat of a style that people can kind of do a little comparative going, you know, hey, this is what he's doing. That's what they're doing. That's what she's doing. And, you know, try to, you know, move around with people's expectations. And you know, I think the beer thing, I mean, I've seen uh, probably close to a dozen now different uh, craft beer sauces that, you know, that you can at least order online or find in stores. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's a fun budding market, but like you said, it's like relatively uncharted territory. So it, it gives you lots of flexibility because there's not, there's not any existing expectations. Like when you do a mango habanero, People have had uh, several different examples, maybe a dozen different examples of it, you know, over the years, and they have an expectation of what you're going to give them. And then you kind of got to cater to that and then throw a surprise in there. It's like covering a song, you know, that that artist really needs to pay good respect to the original artist and then put their own feel, their own touch on top of that. And, you know, with existing uh, soft styles, you know, the real vinegar forward Louisiana style, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's some boundaries there that, hey, you need, to, you, need, you need to fulfill some expectations here, but still add something fresh and new to it. And, uh, you know, that's what made the beer thing so fun is there were no expectations out there, you know, you know two, three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it gives the sauce maker a lot of freedom. Yeah. And I, what are some of your favorite kind of non-voodoo chili sauces, hot sauces? Oh, God. Uh, right now, one you may, uh, a company you may have heard me uh, blather away in great detail about uh, the last couple of years is Volcanic Peppers. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, oh, my God, Tim Tim Bader, I think, is, I mean, he is absolutely the man uh, out there in the in the craft outside world. I mean, I don't know anybody that uh, provides as much balance and depth of flavor. I mean, what, what, what Timothy does is just absolutely off the chain. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Shane and Shelly from Sh That's Hot, you know, SH apostrophe, That's Hot. Uh, we are talking about hops a few minutes ago. He's got that hops-infused habanero sauce. Have you tried that yet? I Funny that you say I have 
a case that just got to my porch today with that. Um, and so, Oh, sweet. Yeah. He, he's going to be, uh, that's hot. It's going to be in the February, uh, craft hot sauce club. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Anything from uh, volcanic peppers. You can't go wrong. Burns and McCoy. Uh, you're already familiar with them. I mean, Jay and Michelle, I love those two to death, the owners. Uh, and I mean, they, they, they just got good solid product line. Uh, you know, Bravado is definitely, uh, you know, solid lineup. Uh, Heartbreaking Dawns, uh, it, it may just be because Johnny McLaughlin's one of the first guys that kind of took me under his arm and, and helped me get some traction when I started Voodoo Jelly. Uh, but, I mean, when I went up there and, you know, met him and Tim Bader and K. John and all those guys, uh, Heartbreaking Dawns really, you know, stepped out. You know, as as a sauce that I, you know, a line of sauces that I talked about a lot from that day moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, I've not, I mean, I've had one or two of Johnny's sauces that, you know, weren't really kind of my thing, uh, but I've never had one that disappointed me by any stretch. And pretty much his whole lineup is just wow, wow, and more wow. Really enjoy (laughs) them. Yeah. Uh, For cooking sauces, uh, one that's currently... You know, kind of on the back burners of company just because of, I don't know what the deal is there, but uh, uh, crazy good uh, foods down in Mississippi. Uh, Jim O'Brien's the owner there. Yeah. Uh, Those are awesome. Him and uh, Northwest Elixirs. uh, Those are both guys that are professionally trained and still currently active, uh, you know, know, upper scale type uh, chefs. And you can tell that, you know, when, when a chef does a sauce, they, they really go down the rabbit hole, dude. And, you know, Jim and uh, same thing with Northwest Elixirs. Those are just such complex sauces that I have a hard time using them as a condiment sometimes just because they're just so intense as cooking ingredients, cooking sauces. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, most normal, quote, unquote, you know, like my sauces, uh, they seem to lose something when you use it as a cooking ingredient instead of a condiment. And sometimes they're like with porcus or tie dry. It's really kind of a plus because it really settles down some of the more, you know, very aggressive flavors that are in there. But mm-hmm. with like Northwest Elixirs, I mean, his sauces as a cooking ingredient or same thing with Crazy Good. Uh, oh, my goodness, what it does to the meal. And then the way that the, the sauce and the food and the, say the, you know, the broth or the fats or whatever that you've got rendering just opens up all sorts of new flavors that are just super, super intense, man. Wow. Nice, man. I, I got to try those out. Yeah, no, I, I love cooking with sausage just because it, it, it can bring out so much in the food. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So y- you cook your own, you cook the sauce yourself, right? Uh, yeah, all, yeah, all the rest, all the recipes are uh, ones that, you know, I, 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 I at least uh, initially, uh, you know, came up with the idea and got started. Uh, a couple of my sons and my stepson, Will, who a lot of people know. Uh, he's been my sidekick for the last four years and just got stolen from me here. Uh, job opportunity down in Nashville uh, popped up back in July and it was one of those, he had to do it type things. And yeah. I mean, he left with my blessing, but yeah, I miss traveling with him. Uh, but you know, Willie had uh, a pretty large role to play in probably at least six or seven. I mean, every last, well, he and I started the craft beer thing together. So every single one of our craft beer hot sauces, uh, Willie's had some sort of a hand in the recipe development. Now, as far as actually the cooking and bottling, uh, I, I made the decision very early on to outsource that. 
okay. uh, just because I wasn't in the mood for the headache and the overhead of owning my own kitchen. But, you know, Cajon, uh, Montezuma brand, a lot of those other guys, they do. And, and getting to know them at a distance and just kind of watching things, it was like, wow, that's a lot of mouths to feed, uh, a, lot of, a lot of paperwork, a lot of red tape, you know, FDA spot and, you know, inspections at any given time. And then financially, the overhead. And it's like, man, I go through a slow period at some point. Man, I'm not in the mood to go out and have to have business loans or investors and just have that fear factor of what if things fail. So going out and hiring a co-packer, that was tough. You know, finding somebody that was affordable. And biggest thing is the trust issue. Somebody that's not going to muck with your recipe. And more importantly, or just as importantly, somebody that's going to be able to fully duplicate, you know, what I created and then be able to consistently, you know, provide the product where it's going to look and smell and taste the same every time. Yeah. You know, seasonal products, it's fun to have some variations, but man, mainline stuff that people love, every batch needs to taste the same, you know? Yeah. No, I, I I heard kind of a a story with that, with with somebody that was on the podcast and, and that their co-packer, did something differently. Uh, they got a huge batch that was very different and they were like, what do we do? Um, but I, I was originally asking yeah. that question because I was curious what kind of tunes you guys have on when you, uh, you make sauce, but, uh, what, what sort of music are you into? And, and if you have a favorite band, Oh my God, probably stuff that, uh, most of, uh, most of your listeners may not be familiar with. Uh, <laughs> the one guy, especially the first two, three years of business, uh, you know, when we were coming up with recipes or going down to Florida to get them bottled up is, is, is cranking out a guy by the name of Devin Townsend, the Devin Townsend project or the Devin Townsend band. He, he flips around all over the place, but, uh, yeah, he used to be the lead singer and the creative impetus behind strapping young lad, uh, which is a real big Canadian act back in the, I guess their big heyday was the nineties, early two thousands, just super heavy over the top death metal, which really not my thing, but, is he sobered up and got a bit older, his music here the last decade, decade and a half is just something that's hard to describe. It's heavy, but it's beautiful. It's insanely complex. And it's just, for me, fun music to listen to. Awesome. Uh, but otherwise, you know, some heavy metal, uh, lots of Pink Floyd, uh, big Floyd fan. Uh, almost needless to say, at some point, there's either going to be some Jimi Hendrix and or Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, that's where the company got its name from was that song, Voodoo Child's Slight Return. Yeah. I love uh, Jimi that. Hendrix wrote back in the late, late 60s. And then Stevie Ray Vaughan's probably done the most exquisite cover of that song ever. And that was a big part of his act uh, while he was still alive. I mean, at some point, every live show, he had to play uh, Voodoo Child. And man, that dude did it well. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's cool. Uh, have you ever done any uh, collaborations with music or, or, or cross promotional stuff at all? No, it was cool. You know, I was talking to uh, Devin Townsend and uh, well, really a lot more with uh, uh, his uh, producer. And we were looking at trying to do a coffee themed. And there's a long story there with this one series of more comedic type uh, albums that he did years ago. Uh, for a big tour they were getting ready to do in Europe here a couple of years ago. And man, the European union, the, the, they're, they're, they're more strict than we are. In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. yeah. You can't sell any merchandise that's uh, metal or glass. 
Oh, so like, dude, we need to pack, you know, we need to package this in uh, plastic. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I've been there, done that. I know other people do it successfully, but I'm not touching that. Yeah. So yeah, we lost that. That was our one and only so far. Uh, now there is, there's a, a couple bands here locally uh, that we're talking about, uh, you know, do, doing some work together. Just kind of help, you know, cross promote each other. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, that, that, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. But uh, yeah, right now I'm trying. I'm actually trying to uh, slow down the the collaboration thing until uh, I start getting some more income and a little bit more tr- uh, traction here professionally. Uh, you know, too too many products can be a problem. We were we were up to eighteen sauces at one point, wow. and just financially trying to keep all those in stock at all times. Uh, man, I had to back down. I think I'm down to about eight or nine. Uh, that, that we keep in the rotation and everything else has been shelved into something that I call the slight return, uh, S-L-E-I-G-H-T, which means if I'm in the mood to, I'll change the recipe before I bring it back out. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be go. slight in that. It's, it's, it's a quasi-seasonal or a brew house rarities type of a project. Uh, you know, that way I can go out, get a smaller co-packer. Uh, there's a, you know, a couple kitchens here on the East Coast. I go there and just do three, four, five hundred bottles, and it lasts however long it lasts. And there's no rotation. It's not that it's going to be back next December or on any given timeline. It's just yeah. when I have the money and it's just it's on my mind. It's like, man, I really miss fill in the blanks. Uh, well, we did that with the uh, the Chipotle sauce that I brought out last year uh, or earlier this year over the line. Uh, that was originally a Chipotle sauce that I shelved five years ago. Uh, just because there's, hey, I don't really like Chipotle, but I had a lot of customers that did. So that was, you know, you talk about sauces that, you know, you don't like, but you got customers that do or fans that do. Chipotle is one of those for me. Yeah. And we, we did the uh, slight, the first uh, slight return run on that one. <clears throat> I was like, you know, I've got to file all the paperwork. I mean, if I'm going to change the recipe, I may as well do it now. And I melted the whole bacon X, you know, bacony type thing. And Chipotle kind of brought the two of those in together. Nice. And that's actually a sauce that I mean that that's actually got me using uh, Chipotle every now and again on, on my own dishes. Nice. Uh, so nice. yeah, I mean, but, you know, we'll be doing that with uh, oh, Honey Habaneros, one that we did uh, back 2012, 2013. I plan on bringing that back here uh, in the coming year as a slight return project. And uh, Pepidou is another one we're planning on uh, bringing back, but more more with the uh, full time. Uh, there's a large grocery chain here in the uh, Northeast uh, that we're in talks with right now. And, and they carry a lot of Pepidou products. So, you know, if we can get the contract and distribution with them, then that'll be a really good time for me to finally bring back our uh, Pepidou hot sauce. Cause they, you know, that's, that's one that I've always loved. It's yeah. a real nice, fun, sweet, neat type of product. I love the, the slight return category. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I kind of got a kick out of it too. And <laughs> plus, it plays in you know the the, the Voodoo Child name right. and you know the song Voodoo Child Slight Return and uh, exactly, and then yeah. changing it up with the S L E I G H T. It's like yeah, be a little sleight of hand here because you know I'm probably not going to bring back what you you know expect from an you know, old product that got shelved you know two years, five years ago, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a yeah, couple. Man couple questions left. Uh, so I ask this to everyone. Uh, so if you're going to have a dinner party and, and three people are attending with you and they can be kind of dead or alive, curious who's attending mm. for, for your dinner. And you can add what, what wow. hot sauce you be using too. But I don't, I don't know if that's a... 
Oh, that's a deep one, dude. <laughs> we, we, we can come uh, back to that too. If, uh, if you want to meditate on it for a second. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to need that. Cause, uh, Gosh, yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about those. I mean, okay. I've seen people, uh, you know, in, in, in a totally different context, not related to hot sauce, but, you know, I've definitely seen those like, hey, if you could actually, you know, sit on a park bench and chit chat with somebody for 30 minutes, who would it be? And always look at those things. I'm like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my heart my heart usually goes back to, you know, uh, you know, lay relatives of uh, once, especially my, uh, my granddad on my dad's side. He and I were really close when I was growing up. And, uh, yeah, he, he passed away here probably about 10 years, 10, 11 years ago now. So, of course, I'd love to sit down with him because he also played a big role in uh, my love of cooking. Awesome. But uh, let's see how else. And Jimi Hendrix, man, I've always, always, man, it, just, it was such a bummer growing up with uh, somebody that I fell in love with, uh, their persona and their music, you know, several years. I mean, I think I got my first Jimi Hendrix album, which was Electric Ladyland. I think I bought that in 1976. So he'd already been passed away by about seven, eight years by the time, you know, the same thing with like uh, Bruce Lee. Although, well, no, I was already aware of Bruce Lee when he passed away. But yeah, Jimmy Hendrix is one that was just like totally off my radar because I was so young. Uh, but Jimmy, somebody I always wish I could meet, uh, you know, on the musician front because just watching his interviews and everything, he just seemed like you know, such a genuine, genuine soul and, uh, you know, just a really cool guy that everyone seemed to be having a you know, good time with when they were around him. Yeah. I don't know what kind of food he likes. Being from, being from uh, someone, you know, uh, an affinity for the Deep South, although he grew up, you know, up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, if I recall, you know, reading stuff about him years ago. Um, hmm. Well, you know, of course, anybody I meet, I always want to turn them on to porkets just to see what they think, because it's usually our, <laughs> yeah. the one sauce that really raises people's eyebrows going, whoa, you know, especially two, three years ago, nobody, nobody's had anything like that at that time. So it was one that just really gets big, big facial expressions off of it. Um, hmm. Who else? I think one of the uh, ubiquitous, I think, uh, you know, half the people out there that do this kind of questions, Albert Einstein. Uh, somebody that uh, would be really cool to have been able to meet. You know, it's just, uh, again, you know, I, I read a lot about him back in my young adult years. And he's another person, a lot like Jimi Hendrix, that just seemed to have a very uh, sweet, gentle, you know, uh, heart uh, about them. And, you know, that, 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 that that's actually uh, an attraction for me as a human being because, Almost needless to say, my my outward persona is a very boisterous, noisy, you know, biker, <laughs> rough, rough around the edges, noisy kind of a guy. Although, you know, deep down inside, I'm a very uh, quiet, introspective person as far as what goes on inside of my head. Yeah. So other people that actually live out who they are inside and outside have always, have always appealed to me. And, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Einstein are two that never got to me. And of course, there's no real, like, radio or... TV interviews of Albert, right, so yeah. we all got to kind of guess at that one. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Third, I don't know. Well, uh, hey, you, you, that one to everybody? you nailed it for me putting you a, kind of a heavy question on the on the spot. So, uh, I, oh, that's I, cool. I, that's cool. Yeah, um, and, and then another question I, I like to ask everyone, just because being a small business owner is hard, and uh, I've actually through kind of interviewing people have avoided some things that I've. Uh, 
heard not to do. So I, I don't know if there's any kind of infamous fail story along the way that kind of comes to mind uh, that that you'd be willing to share. Hmm. Yeah. Um, overconfidence. That's that's a real kicker, you know, because I think when we all get started, our our initial audience is either family members or you know, relatively close friends that, you know, we've got around us that may or may not have a very broad experience. So pretty much anything we do falls into the quote unquote awesome, you know, category. And I know I, I was definitely a victim of that. It's like, man, I've got something cool. I got something unique here and this is going to be a home run. And, you know, I had one of the big names. I mean, one of the first guys that launched this whole gourmet American hot sauce thing back in the eighties you know, pulled me aside a few years back. And he's like, Tom, you've got something that belongs on every grocery store in America. And I'm like, what? He just said that to me. And I mean, my, my eyes got all big and dreamy and starry eyed. And, you know, I thought for sure that we were going to be doing a half million to a million dollars in sales in a couple of years. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. And you know, I watch a lot of the guys that I've uh, gotten to call friends over the years. And yeah, it's definitely, it's a very long, uh, hard road. It's a patience game more than anything else. I mean, sometimes you got, you got to be in the right place at the right time, which for Burns and McCoy, uh, that definitely is something. I mean, the first Albuquerque show that they did three, four years ago, stumbled into somebody, the tiny, tiny little distributor up in Colorado fell in love with a couple of their products and one thing led to another and now they're in Safeway, all sorts of really big chains or stores that are owned by Safeway. And I mean, then then things just exploded for them, but for the average Joe, which, you know, I put myself in that category. uh, It's a long patience game. I mean, I've been, I've been courting a couple names that I shouldn't bring up now until we actually have a a contract in writing, but I got two of them now. I've been courting for well over a year and I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel yet. Now, they've not said go away. They've said not at this time. But, I mean, it's definitely a big patience game. And uh, uh, another piece of advice is to be prepared. Have money. That's a huge mistake I made was betting on the con that I was going to get this big contract with that, you know, large corporation. And, you know, I didn't have uh, any, any, any working assets there. And man, you're going to run tough times and running a business part-time, it's hard to actually grow anything of any size when you've got a family with or without a family. I mean, if you've got any kind of a full-time job, I mean, heck, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, uh, that that's going to steal a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. So yeah. if you're going to start something full-time, then it, it needs to be well-funded uh, because man, running, running on a shoestring budget, I can tell you firsthand is no fun whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it, it, it is tough, but I, I mean, I'm sure I, you know this and, and I think I, and I like the, I think that the, the little wins and I don't know, the little things that keep you going and sometimes the big things like, and, and hoping, uh, knocking on wood with, with those, those contracts and, uh, and, it's a little one with the craft hot sauce club, but uh, I want to share kind of your sauces out with kind of the, the story today. And so I think a lot of people will, I'm looking forward to trying your sauces and, and I know others will as well. Um, but I'm curious oh, if you're going to have you. any, um, 
any parting requests, asks, or uh, anything else you'd like to kind of share with the uh, the craft hot sauce community as as we wrap up? Well, uh, the, the the biggest thing that I want to say, and I don't feel like I take the opportunity to say it often enough, is thank you to anyone listening that's uh, been a fan, a supporter of ours. I mean, thanks a million. It's uh, with you know without without people buying the sauces and, and sharing them with other people, there is no voodoo chili. Uh, there 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 is no business without a repeat customer base, and the people that have been supporting us have uh, have made this an exceptionally fun fun ride. Uh, as far as the previous thing, the advice, uh, one thing I, I forgot about that I do ask a lot of people to do is to do market research, find out what's out there, find out what's being done really, really well, and leave that segment alone. Uh, the one thing my buyers overseas uh, have commented, two of them have commented on, is that here in the U.S. we have too much of the same thing, and I think the the best way to really build a brand uh, is to just not only do something right, but do something that doesn't have a lot of other people that are doing something equally as awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's why the, you know, the bacon, the craft beer thing worked out to be good niches. Uh, a couple of the other sauces that we do that are just really kind of weirdos, uh, non sequiturs, <laughs> that apple butter and orange marmalade. It's really fun. Cause it's, uh, again, there's no expectations. There's not much of anything out there. So, I mean, it gives you a lot of freedom. And when you're at like these hot sauce festivals where you've got a dozen, two dozen, five dozen or more other hot sauce makers, it's really cool to throw something that somebody didn't try, you know, elsewhere that day. It's just like, a whoa, dude, that's really yeah. cool. It's like, you know, you can yeah. see they write it down and they come back at the end of the day and buy it. And that, that's a great feeling, man. Yeah. But uh, no, the biggest parting word is just thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody out there that's been supporting us and encouraging us and, uh, you know, being patient because, you know, I know my, my online personality is uh, a little bit boisterous and easily misunderstood. And, you know, the people that are out there behind the scenes going, nah, Tom's not that bad of a guy, you know, <laughs> all, all those, you know, more than just buying sauce and sharing them with people, you know, actually kind of like having your back and uh, talking you up as a uh, business owner. Uh, man, that's uh, the, the biggest thing you can ask for is that word of mouth advertising. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you mentioned so you, you name dropped so many people. I think that's kind of the awesome thing about this industry is that people, I mean, we're competitive, but we're welcoming and, and, uh, and competition drives great sauces. And, and it, it's a cool, interesting, eclectic group and that continues to be growing at a kind of a rapid pace. I mean, it's say goodbye to the days of ketchup. I mean, and, and other things, I mean, just with kind of uh, different oh, no doubt. populations you know, this, and, and everyone's, it, it's, a, it's a growing industry and market for sure. Oh, it is. It's something that I've been watching now for, uh, God, since the mid to late 80s uh, when Montezuma brand first hit the market. And we had some, of he's, he's also uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, or Cincinnati, no, Cleveland. Uh, we had some Montezuma brand sauces out here in the East Coast back in the, 86, 1988, uh, range somewhere in there. And I remember seeing this fall in love. It's like, Oh my goodness. You know, back then all I had was Frank's, uh, Cholula, Tabasco, of course, is like the ubiquitous everywhere sauce when I was yeah. a kid and the eighties, it's like, we've had several different waves of, you know, sauces getting kind of popular, but America wasn't ready. And this time the, the wave that started back here about seven, eight years ago, I mean, it's really, it's got some traction. I mean, I hate to keep using that same word, but 
holy crap, we've got some great traction going on in the spicy food uh, space. I mean, you saw what a huge meme Sriracha was here just two, three years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Um, so, I mean, I think America is in love with fiery foods. And I think for the first time, of at least three times I've seen kind of like fits and starts and it never took off. This time it looks like we finally have something that's going to continue to grow. And, you know, definitely uh, one of those, you know, the hot sauce makers that are doing well out there right now, you know, it's uh, another example of, you know, right place, right time. Yeah. Well, Tom, thank you for, for doing what you're doing and, and sharing your story. I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, I, I thank you, Tom. Well, thank you. Hey everyone, thank you for listening and tuning in. If you haven't already, please subscribe and we would actually love some feedback and a rating as well. That just helps us get in front of more hot sauce lovers like yourself uh, and just being able to share more stories with with other folks. So um, if there's anybody that you want us to interview that you think would be great for the podcast, feel free to drop me up drop me a line as well. Uh, always loving to, to hear what you think uh, people would be interested in what you want to listen to. Uh, so we're going to have Chris Timbers take us out for the rest of the episode with his song Evanescent. Way 